Welcome to the show. I'm Thank Dr. You. Corey Allen. Well, yeah, you know, sometimes it seems like, you know, as we kind of get going for each time we're getting ready to record, I just got to welcome you, babe. Just to say, it's so good to see you here on the show. It's good to, for all of us to be here listening and talking. Well, I'm Dr. Corey Allen, and that's my wife, Pam, where we're having straightforward, honest conversations to help cultivate the space between you and your spouse. And we want to talk about all aspects of that space between us, uh, which we're going to kind of do it in a real particular way on both ends of the spectrum today. So that should be fun, fun to do. So uh, if you want to jump on and add your voice, add your questions, add your comments to the show, please do so. 214-702-9565 or feedback at sexymergeradio.com. Because what we're trying to do is explore the relationship topics that everyone faces. Mm-hmm. And we want to offer ways that you can uh, have conversations and actions that you can take that will help propel you into more deeper, meaningful connections with each other. So we can take the everyday, ordinary, hopefully, and make it extraordinary. There's a tagline for you. I like it. Uh, so if you're new to the show uh, or you want to tell other people about it, one of the easiest ways to do is our episode starter packs. Uh, these are organized by topics and by the favorites and the easy way to share and get caught up. And if, so if you go to smr.fm slash starter is where you can find that. Or if you're on Spotify, mm-hmm. you can find that via Spotify. And so as we've started uh, into January, one of the things we're doing that we started promoting last week. And so we're still in the middle of January here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a way that you can uh, win your registration cost covered for the Sexy Marriage Radio getaway by leaving us a review. Mm-hmm. So if you go to Apple Podcasts, leave a review, and then email us at feedback at sexymergeradio.com with the username that you use to set for said review, uh, that enters you in a chance to win uh, your registration cost being covered, which is a $675 value. And the getaway is when? The getaway is June 13th through the 15th in 2024. So plenty of time to prepare, mm-hmm. uh, plenty of time to not have to worry about the storms that are rolling through the, across the country right now <laughs> as, as we're, as this week airs. Shouldn't be a snowstorm in shouldn't, Texas in Shouldn't June. be. Uh, we got a whole nother world going on if that's the case. Uh, but yeah, so if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, let us know the username that you used that puts you into the contest to win your registration covered, being covered. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't win and you want to come to the getaway, by doing that process, you'll, we'll give you $75 off your registration. Right. And so jump on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, and it, just be honest. And it's about the show. Just be honest about it. We're not asking for just glowing ones unless that's really what you believe. Right. So this came in actually before we started uh, the promotion. And oh, okay. On that note, too, if you've just recently given us a review and you want to enter in, send us the username. We'll count that if it's been within the last month. You know, because you nobody knew about the contest going on, so there's no need. To, hey, I got to go give another review because I don't know if Apple allows uh, closely spaced reviews. I don't know if they do. So either, to overcome so that's that, let us know. Good idea. Uh, I like the where you're username. going. But this one came in. That make sure I read this correctly. That says a thoughtful, mature, intelligent podcast talking about real sex and marriage. Dr. Allen addresses the issues head on and makes speaking about hard stuff easy. His co-host, also his wife, is so insightful. She's not a trained therapist like him, so she brings a real-life perspective when his intelligences outpace his wisdom. <laughs> when your intelligence 
outpaces I'm your wisdom. I'm not quite sure how to take that concept. I'm not concept, sure either, but that's but, pretty funny. But it is kind of comical. because Thanks I can, for the review. I, the way I would uh, interpret that last sentence he gives is what we as humans can often do, where I phrase it as when I get out over my skis. Or well, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe right? so. It's a little, okay, like, that's a good analogy. I don't. I'm okay. I'm kind of testing something out, and I might go uh, horribly wrong and crash. It's possible. Uh, or it's just the the book speak and smart speak, and I'm like, give me the give me the street smarts. Maybe so. Side of it, right? So coming up today on the regular version of the episode is an email that came in uh, on the topic of mercy sex. Okay. So it's a couple that's been going through a, um, a patch in their marriage. And so we got an email from a listener that we'll just unpack, but it's, it's going to land on the idea of mercy sex and what do we do about it? What is it? What are the characteristics? Mm-hmm. And on and on it mm-hmm. goes. And then on the extended content today, which is deeper, longer, and there are no ads, you can subscribe at smr.fm slash academy. We're going to go the other end of the spectrum and I want to have a dialogue with you, Pam, and then we'll pivot it to the academy on the platform okay. afterwards okay. of, is it possible that great sex actually isn't good for good sex? Like it hinders good sex. All that's coming up on today's show. So here's the email that came in, Pam, that says, uh, Dr. Corey, after reading your book and listening to the podcast, I'm in such a better place as an individual, which is so awesome to hear. Uh, he's talking about naked marriage. If you're new to the show and you don't know <laughs> the book that I have out there, we went through a difficult time in 2022 and 23. Lots of it surrounded poor communication, resentment, mercy, sex, which we didn't realize that's what it was at the time. And we ended it all with counseling. Over the summer, she said she was done with the marriage. Our counseling didn't work for us. And I think it actually may have made things worse. I had a bit of a breakdown. She did as well as a result of me breaking down. So we were stuck in an A-frame marriage. So when she stepped back, I fell on my face. With a new marriage coach that we're working with now, we stabilized and grew into better people for each other in all facets of our marriage outside of the sex piece. With sex being off the table, we focused on ourselves as individuals and in turn grew in our marriage. In September, our marriage coach asked her to consider bringing the the sex piece back into our relationship. We haven't progressed much since then. We were moving in a positive direction, and then we began to plateau, and we both had a discussion yesterday morning where we felt like that we had taken a step back. She said she's stuck on the sex piece. She cannot grow past the feeling of the hurt from the mercy sex that we had for about five months. She has a lot of anxiety and worries about it every night, feeling like she's facing pressure to have sex, even though we haven't had it since March. And I'm trying not to push her into it. She said most of the pressure is coming from herself. She did say that she is at least thinking about it now, but she just quickly turns it into pressure, anxiety, fear, and that adds adds to the heaviness to her. I told her in my efforts to grow as an individual, I've learned a lot about mercy sex, the damage it can cause, and how we can grow through it. She said she wasn't ready for me to share the podcast or other materials, but that she would tell me if she would be. So I'm trying to be patient through the process, but we're at this point where I think we're both stuck. She said yesterday that she wants to have a sexual component in her life. I asked her if she wanted it to be with me or not, and she said she hoped, wanted it, that that it would be with me. I think that she's struggling with the pain of what we went through, and I don't know how to grow beyond it. She has a high-pressure job that brings a lot of stress and anxiety, 
and this has been a tough season at work. So I think she's having trouble trying to figure out how that piece fits into with our relationship as well. Thanks. So this is a pretty, actually common experience to varying degrees okay. of marriage. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, we face some of the, the components of outside stressors come in and weigh on internal stressors and personal stressors, which this then just magnify attention and pressure that's inherently felt. Yeah, I, I guess I want to understand um, a piece that I'm not familiar with is having that big span of not having sex at all. It sounds like they haven't had sex since March. Yeah, at least, yes. Okay. And I'm trying to understand a little bit more because I'm not real clear on what mercy sex is. Okay. And so she's, she's feeling, um, I don't want to say harmed. That's not the word they were looking for, but feeling the repercussions of the effects of how, what they call mercy sex. What he he terms as mercy sex. Okay. That was a bad experience for them. So So let's, so define for me what mercy sex is. Because again, meanings matter. And so what I can do, what we can do here is talk about some characteristics that are evident in mercy sex. But again, meanings matter because I think as people listen to this, and even as you hear this, Mm because when I was reading this and getting this together, I was like, check, (laughs) check a couple of times, right? Because like, whoa. And so I think it's going to come down to making sure you hear these things and then where we go with it next is what's going to really help make the difference. Okay. Okay. But if you're talking about characteristics of, of mercy sex, one, and these are in no particular order as far as a hierarchy. Okay. Uh, you don't initiate sex. It's always the partner who initiates it. You could even add in a caveat of, um, you're not responsive and you do, you actively try to avoid, but then when you do have sex, it's, it's quick or, you know, we'll also talk about that. This will be another characteristic. Uh, two, you have a distaste for sex. Um, that for whatever reason, you, you just eventually develop a distaste for it. And a lot of times it's because of how it unfolds, what unfolds. It's not pleasing. It's not satisfying. Right. But it also, all these things will expose things in ourselves. Sure. As sure. we're wrestling through this. Three, uh, you just want it to get over as fast as possible. Okay. Right, this is the one where there's often uh, very little to no foreplay. Yeah. Um, because. Which if, causes all kinds of other issues because then you don't have appropriate lubrication and all kinds absolutely. of stuff. That, that just, part of this becomes a, a cycle that her, her, continues to harm itself. Mentally and physically mm-hmm. hard. Okay. Yep. Number four, um, your mind gets distracted easily when you're having sex. Yeah. Um, because. You're preoccupied with other things. You're not present. Again, this goes back to the third one of you just want it to be over as fast as possible. So mm-hmm. you're distracted. I'm distracted by my that. last bad experience of how it hurt. And I think <laughs> it's going to happen. how bad this is or why do we have to keep doing this or okay. on and on and on it goes. Five, uh, you don't like, there's, there's, you don't like too much touching or kissing. If there's any kissing, actually, uh, that's a, that can be a sign. Yeah. Uh, six. You avoid experimenting with new techniques or positions. It's always the same process every time. 
same place, same space, same time, uh, etc. Uh, you refuse the advances of your partner. Refuse the advances. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and, and it makes you guilty. It makes you feel guilty when you do so. Okay. I got you. Uh, you feel awkward about it after. Nine, uh, so, and this is this is where it starts to get a little more okay. This one's not just as common, okay. But um, this is one that's a signal of whoa. Do some more investigating within yourself for awareness. You use sex to brighten your partner's mood or get them off your back. Ah, uh. right. Because what you find is you're really trying to do it just to get them to not sulk or pout or be mad or frustrated and so you you, you're actually weaponizing it and this is where there's a fine line between uh sex out of choice Mm -hmm. and then sex out of pity and weaponizing it and that's where it also would be that sounds like okay yeah i got you and then the last one uh is the overall status of your relationship may seem shaky and so you're really confused about how you feel yeah. Right. And this this is where sex is oftentimes then just more of an act than a component of the relationship. There's not a connectedness to it. It's more just the act. Because this is one of the things that I jump on with clients that will tell me they are in a really, really bad spot in the relationship, but they have really passionate sex. Okay. Right. Because this All is right. almost the flip the script. Right. So where do you go with that? Well, the question I ask on that is, is it passionately connected sex or it's just incredibly pleasurable sex? Because what they've done most of the time is harnessed the energy and the anger and the angst and funneled it into their sex life. Yeah. So it's not really connectedness. It's really, we have orgasms by ourselves with our spouse nearby. (laughs) It's basically... What it winds or up being, or using our spouse's body parts, or whatever. The right. Piece, that yeah. I'm having it with my spouse by by them. Yeah. They're not. It's not a, a connected thing. It's really just I'm doing it by myself. They're just a mechanism to help make it happen. Right. So when they walk away from that sexual experience, right. it's not drawing anything closer between right. them. Which two. look at that also is what happens in mercy sex. Yeah. Where. The lower desire spouse, and we're going to just use it in this terminology for the sake of this couple, she mm-hmm. uh, is having it for the sake of him. Or at least had it in the past for the sake well, of him. Well, that's what mercy yeah. sex would be defined yeah. as, right? It's, yeah. it's gotcha. more of a, I'm just doing this for you. And then what is the determinant of, in my mind of how you differentiate, is it mercy sex or choice? Who do I blame if I didn't like it? Hmm. Or I felt guilted into it. Or I felt I had to. Who do I blame? That's how you start to understand, is it mercy sex or not? Because to me, mercy sex, and the way Schnarch talks about it too, it's, there's a level of cruelty that goes on with mercy sex. It's not pity. It's also cruel. And are we saying that it's, is he saying that it's cruel by the low desire who's not wanting it? Both. For both of them. Yes, because it exposes things in both sides, right? And so let's let's talk about the two different ex- yeah, let's ex- do. extremes here, or the two different members in this equation. Yeah. So first off, um, we'll, we'll talk about the wife, 
right? And we'll, we'll kind of use it in the framework of mercy sex, but also in the framework of what she's facing. Okay. So I'm starting out with the first thing I hear is the thing that says that to me, she's facing, doesn't like the pressure she has to have sex. Right. And I've got a couple thoughts on that, but Go. I want, well, I'm curious. There's all kinds of things in life that we have pressure. Mm-hmm. And so how does she come about those things? Right. And she's not listening to the podcast. He is. So I don't want to dive too much into that, but he referred to, she's, she's got a lot of pressure at work. Yeah. Well, when she has pressure at work, does she just walk away from work and not face it and not deal with that pressure? So how are... She might walk away from work and feel uh, guilty, feel frustrated, feel attacked, and attack back in right. how she complains about, you know, because again, that's a good way to look at this, Pam, is... This kind of a dynamic when you're talking about pressure is happening inherently in life. Well, life yeah. is pressure. Yeah. So we used to say this all the time. How you do sex is how you do life. How right. you do life is how you do sex. And so you got that pressure there. I guess the difference there is that what she does at work has nothing to do necessarily with her husband. Right. This, this right. sex it's, dynamic involves another person. Again, it doesn't involve... Well, but it involves coworkers. It involves the role she plays, the responsibility she has, where she fits into the mechanism of what makes that place work. Yeah. And so that's an, it's an easy way to start looking at there is little difference in the aspects of our lives if I look at, at as a system and then what's being required of me or exposed of me yeah. in this system. Because, yes, in marriage, she feels pressure to have sex. And this is a common thing of she has a lot of anxiety and worries every night feeling like she's facing pressure to have sex. Yes, you are. You're married. That comes with the territory. And I'm not at all saying it's licensed to, you must have. But in essence, I'm saying there are dynamics that are naturally at play in committed relationships, marriage being the culmination highest one in, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm that are just come with it. And so you're faced with, do I want this choice or that choice? And in her case, it's, do I want to have to face the pressures of having sex with my husband or not? Right. Because I also need to ask the question of, do I want to face having the pressures of having sex for myself or Or not? not. (laughs) Because a lot of times play it out either way. If I go down the route of, I want to have sex in my life. Okay, well then good. That's in line with the marriage. Maybe it's in line with what he's wanting to, but even that case isn't exactly what maybe he wants because the kinds of times, the kinds of what we do, how often, you know. Yeah, there's still pressure there, but there's also going to be pressure if I choose not to have sex. I mean, either way has some sort of pressure and anxiety. Right, could go the it. other end of the spectrum. Let's say there's a couple we've had, we've come across in the show over the years we've done this, that they have sex every day. Mm-hmm. Well, what if one of them's like, I really don't want to today. Well, there's pressure there. Mm-hmm. Of How do I bring that up? Because it's an expectation of we'll be having it every day. And then it becomes, well, I don't know. You know, and so we do only all, every other day. All, all of these things start to expose things in ourselves. But what we often do is jump to blaming other people. Because mm-hmm. that's the human nature trait a lot mm-hmm. of times. Adam and Eve did it as well. True. If you have a biblical worldview. True. So what she's facing and what she, where she is in this relationship is no one else can take that pressure off of her. 
Just herself. Mm-hmm. Well, she's got to face it. Yeah. And and I don't think you can take the pressure off of you. You change how you face it. Mm-hmm. And you just be more upfront because she, she has to accept the pressure. And so what she needs to do in my mind, and this is for not necessarily for her unless she's listening, but for those that are listening that are find themselves in, I'm the lower desire partner. I'm the one that feels like, you know, because you and I have had this conversation of, you would stop advances or playfulness because you, it was inevitably going to be guilty if you stopped it later. Yeah. Right? Because you're like, I don't want to lead them on. I knew the guilt was coming if I knew I didn't want to have Because I don't want to build up and then not follow through. Right. Right. And so there's it's a preemptive guilt avoidance, <laughs> if you will. I mean, we all, uh, it, we it, all know the game plan and, and we know how it plays out. And right? so one of the things we've tried to talk about in our, in our marriage is the difference between, okay, so it's preemptive now, but it still is, you're still facing it. Yeah. So what happens when you harness and embody the ability to, I can stop this when I want to, I can take this where I want to. Mm. And then my partner has to deal with it one way or another. That's, that's where, that's where you face have, that's where you have to grow into. Okay. I'm willing to try to confront what's being exposed in me as he pursues this aspect of our marriage in his life. So I feel like we've talked about from his perspective, I mean, her Hers. perspective. Well, what she's recognized, because here's what, okay. what I want to, just before we wound this down with her, yeah. uh, for the lower desire spouse, because one of the things that's interesting about the lower desire is they get to, they get have, they have all the sex they want to have without having to want it. But, That's the dynamic of it, right? But even if they don't have to end up having sex, they still there's still other repercussions from that. Yes. For her, there's the pressure, there's the guilt, there's the whatever it is. And it doesn't mean that uh, if I'm the lower desire and I choose, I don't want to have sex and I'm controlling and we're not having sex, doesn't mean that I'm happy sitting on my side of the table. Absolutely. It, A- that's absolutely. not bringing it, happiness. Some of this is which is my best bad choice forward. Yeah. Because sometimes we don't get the choice we want. And so we waiting for it is still a choice. Yeah. Right? My choosing to wait, quote unquote, hypothetically speaking, is a choice. It doesn't usually work out well either. Yeah. But, but she's facing, and, and those that are in this quandary, ask yourself some curious questions of how do you try to get your spouse to back off or pull away or avoid? And what is that exposing in you? Hmm. Right, because that's that's our path forward. Is to start to confront. Look, I know you're interested in this. I know this is a dynamic that we're work. I'm trying to work towards too. I'm just not quite there. Because I by facing it cleaner is a better way. Because even when we had the conversation about preemptive guilt, mm-hmm. stopping yeah. changed the dynamic between us because it was a different level of awareness. And I could then start looking at what's being communicated differently. You could start looking at what's being communicated differently and communicate better. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so Be, uh, Being, if I don't want it to move forward, I, I mean, a, a real life example in that situation, say I had some flirting going on with you mm-hmm. earlier that day. If I know that I'm not going to want it to move farther that night, 
I can say that outright. I can yeah. say, you look smoking hot. I love touching your biceps, whatever it is. And FYI, this isn't to come on for sex tonight. Right. I'm I mean, not, I can I'm say that. I'm not doing this to have not, it happen now. But yeah. I, I want you to know that, yeah. man, Which, you feel again, good. This is part of the dynamic then of recognizing if, if if you're doing those things and not recognizing it or at least acknowledging it, that's where it starts to become cruel. That's where it starts to become, I'm playing with someone's emotions. That's where the couple I had, I've mentioned them before on the show. This was a long, long time ago. He would spend all day kind of getting her going. And then when it came time, she's like, hey, let's, he's like, nah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He'd flip this. Yeah. He was cruel with it. And it was blatant. He never thought of it as cruelty. He always thought of it as, yeah, the time's passed. And he thought he was... You know, I don't know how he was thinking he had high ground with this thing, but he didn't <laughs> at all. Yeah. And then she got furious and disappointed and frustrated and would internalize. And so mm-hmm. looking at the dynamic of how sex unfolds, particularly when it comes to mercy sex or the cruelty therein, for the other side of the equation, what's exposed in the higher desire spouses, the acceptance of pity sex. Because then you get caught in this quandary of, well, it is still sex, but you have to ask yourself yourself the question, is it? Is it really? It's an act. Yes. But in reality, how is pity sex any different than masturbating? Because it's just an ejaculation if you're talking about it with the husband. Right? This is one of the guys in a mastermind group years ago said... I phrase that as masturbating without using my hands because <laughs> I'm kind of doing it by myself. She's there in body only. Well, and you think about the wording that's been used here and how it affected her and how negative the mercy sex was. Right. And now it's like caused scarring. Right. Right. I, mental scarring of how bad that was. And again, all of that is going to be based predominantly on who do I blame for how it went the way it went? Hmm. Because what I say, the story I tell myself is what determines what I do going forward. Because I have to, in my mind, recognize I have power all the time of how I interact and relate to the aspects of my marriage. But so even if I blame my spouse, I could blame myself. I could blame my spouse. It still is some sort of scarring. Yes, absolutely. I'm not either way. There's there's trauma and hurt and scarring that that. But what we often can do is perpetuate it and magnify it because I continually say, "Well, I had to because he would have been mad. Mm. I had to because this. I had to because that." Rather than wait, hold on. Yes, that's part of the dynamic of where the choice was made, but you made the choice. Yeah, you didn't have to. Because what we're trying to do is flip it to where, well, I either did that or he was going to be really angry. Okay, so you'd rather punish yourself than face his anger. What's being exposed about both of you here? That's how you start to look at this different. Okay. Because even the husbands in this instance with Mm -hmm. the higher desire that accept mercy sex, which perpetuates the problem. Because what you're saying to her, if she's offering up crumbs of sex, if you will, what you're saying to her is, 
I'll take anything sexual you got, even if you're not a part of it. Hmm. So are we saying that mercy sex should never happen? Well, okay. This is where we start to come to the difference of what's the difference between I choose and I give freely and I'm a part of, even if it's not a complete emotional connection, this is what we'll build on in the extended content Mm -hmm. with the flip side of this equation. But if I, you know what, that's the difference between I'll, I'll be here for you as a higher desire partner. I know this matters to you. I know having an orgasm is important to you. It helps with your mood. I'm going to bring it all out on the table as my motivations as to why I'm doing this. Right. Sure. That's a whole different thing rather than, okay, just get it over with quick. So you would even call that, yeah, I want to be here for you. And it doesn't like hinder me, right? It doesn't well, cause guilt. It, it doesn't cause, get it over and get it fast. Um, I mean, I can, if I'm someone that's actively avoiding sex, back to some of the mm-hmm. mercy sex definitions... We don't initiate, actively avoid, causes a distaste. I I guess I see a different definition of it's not a good night for me. I'm not really interested in sex, but I'll I'll have sex because I know it's important to you. Right. That doesn't feel like mercy sex to me. That's more of a freely chosen. Yeah. Freely participate in. Yeah. Right. And that's the idea of look, I've got on a level of one to 10, I've got level four energy for this. It's not going to be wild and crazy with me pursuing a lot for me because it's really going to be more for you. Yeah. If you're willing to be a part of that, I'm all board. I'm on board. Yeah. That's the difference because mercy sex oftentimes becomes such a different thing where it's just isolated individuality with a partner nearby. <laughs> right? And that it's just doesn't me. sound like it's ever good. It's well, it's not. That's why mercy sex okay. is not. But that what you're describing is the freely chosen participatory yeah. on some level sex. Yeah. Which then the higher desire partner has to come to grips with am I okay with that? That's mm-hmm. more freely chosen. Mm-hmm. It's more offered because what happens oftentimes is with mercy sex the husband can be using the wife to calm himself down and ease his own insecurities, which the wife sees and knows, which won't create desire. Mm-hmm. That's free. That's Snarsh's phrase of, I can inflate your penis or I can inflate your ego. I can't do both. Mm-hmm. And that's what's being exposed. And so if you look at it through, okay, wait, for the husband here, how have I pursued it and what have I accepted? Now, how mm-hmm. do I do better of growing into, I'm going to be more upfront about what I'm looking for. And if that's not what's offered or willing, then okay, I will wait. I'll treat well. I'll be respectful. I'll be kind and loving. Which sounds Still, like kind of the path they've been on for a right, while. Just not in their sex life. Right. So it's the same kind of thing. Trying now it's there. moving it into the laboratory that increases the, ten- the temperature, mm-hmm. literally. <laughs> yeah. Of what's being exposed in each of you. And so if yeah. you can look at it through this lens... The goal for me in this, Pam, is how do you move it from just covert, manipulative mm. aspects that we are all capable of and move it to more overt, you have a choice here. Either way, I'm going to have a consequence. There will be something that happens from it. It may be good. It may be bad. I don't know. But the better way I face it, 
is the better way ultimately I grow through it Mm -hmm. and it becomes an aspect of our relationship that actually can be very good and beneficial. Yeah. That was an interesting thought exercise in the extended content. Yeah. (laughs) If you didn't catch it, it was like watching my wife get all giddy over food. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's time for lunch now. So we're going to go get some food. I'm on board. Is, with, I'm on board with that. Is it going to be five star or one star? Here's the. Oh question. wait, you were talking about actual food. I thought you were going. Oh, way, I was so. talking actual food. Yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, if if you like what we got going on here, and you want to also incidentally uh, jump in on the chance to win the registration for the getaway, registration's mm-hmm. going on now. So if you go to smr.fm/getaway, get you a whole lot of information about the sh- about the getaway. You can reserve your spot now, and if you win, because you have given us a review and then told us your username on Apple Podcasts, and if you win the the giveaway, we'll just refund it back to you. But uh, And if you don't win, you can get $75 off, and we'll take care of that. We'll make it all square with everybody. So you can register now and learn more uh, if you want to join us, but please do. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic time and get away together with us and your spouse, more importantly. Uh, but. So if you like the show, let us know. Uh, also, transcripts are available in the show notes on each of the episode pages. And then all the advertisers' deals and discount codes are available at smr.fm. So please consider supporting those who support the show. So thank you for listening. And enjoy your lunch or your dinner or whatever star level rating you go after. And we'll see you next time.